Put your hands together. Hallelujah. You know the song. The song says thank you. Oh, yeah. We've been through some things, beloved. We've been through some things in 2020. But 2020 is in our rearview mirror now. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Song talks about all the things we're dealing with right now. But all I can say, I'm going to still have a Thanksgiving in my heart. Come on, y'all feel that. I know y'all feel that. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, if you're in your kitchen, if you're in the living room. Come on, come on. Folks. Folks without home. People out. In the streets. Uh-huh. And the drug habit Oh, uh, yeah. They just can't be. Come on, come on, come on. Muggers and robbers. Muggers. No place seems to be safe. No place seems to be safe with these
Hallelujah. I want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all. Somebody type it in the chat. For all you've done for me. And if somebody don't believe it, you better check yourself. It could have been you outdoors. It could have been you with no food. It could have easily been you alone without anybody that you can trust. I'm talking about see a friend is somebody you can trust. It could have been me. It could have been all of us. And so this morning, <laughs> that was kind of in my spirit. That was kind of playing. I, I had another song I was coming with, uh, Douglas Miller. Some of y'all know Joy, Unspeakable Joy. I got joy because I got joy. But Mar, it, that one kept coming back since Thursday. That kept coming back. So I said, well, that's it. That's got to be it this morning. And so thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us, for you've done for me. And my beloved, it is once again good to see you guys. Good to be in the house of God. Good to give thanks. The word of God demands and commands us to give thanks to the Lord for he has done great things for us. The air that's moving in and out of your lungs right now, that's God. That's God. If you can wave your hands and lift your hands above your head, that's God. If you don't believe it, I can take you down to the hospital right now. There are folk that can't lift their hands above their head. You give thanks this morning. I don't care how you feel. God has been better to you than you have been to yourself. And you have been to him. And so I'm grateful this morning for our opportunity to be back with you this morning as we started this series last week, a new series. I always love it when we start a new series, new teaching, because it's just kind of something that's fresh. It moves us into a new area of study, moves us into a new framework of thinking, Gloria. And so I'm always happy about that. And so I want to again say good morning to our family and good morning to our first time guests. Good morning to our mission in Thailand. Uh, House of Blessing, Pastor Sothorn, and then we want to say a big grand welcome again to all our uh, digital community, digital family that tune in with us every week from various places around Florida and Texas and uh, Mississippi, Chicago, certain places, different places. We're grateful for that. We're glad that you're a part of what God is doing here. And so, again, to those visiting with us for the first time, uh, I always like to say, even when we were in the church, we would go through this. We are New Creation Outreach Ministries. We are a kingdom-focused church. Simply means we're a teaching and equipping church. That's all that means. Doesn't mean more than that. It means that we, don't, we have a focus on three things, the DNA of our church, sharing the gospel, transforming lives, and serving. That's all we are. That's all we do. We do none of those. We don't have anything that, that centers outside of that. We don't do pastors appreciation. We don't do a lot of different things. Not that I'm knocking them, but we don't do them because they detour, detract us from sharing the gospel, transforming lives, and serving. And so we like to consider all our ladies first ladies. There's no one first lady at our church. All the ladies in our church, even down to the babies there, we teach them. We, we want to get it in their head that they are queens and princesses uh, because God, because of the Lord. And so the sentiment around here, 
my beloved, that we live by. We want everybody who comes through the doors of our church to relax uh, because you won't be a stranger in our family. There are no strangers in the house of God, in the family of God. And we're glad again that you came to worship with us this morning. And again, if you are with us for the first time, last week we began a new series, a series that was requested, that was suggested, that was asked of me as the pastor by a number of members to go back and re-engage, go back and reteach, go back and revisit a teaching we taught some 12 years ago. The title of that series was One Month to Live, 30 Days. And so, uh, beloved family, uh, pastor was asked to revisit and reteach that, as I told you last week, due to the subject, to, due to the pandemic and the death that's all around us from this COVID virus. And it's a subject that we've seen, many of us are, we have experienced it since the time this thing started. We, we've talked about it. It's been in front of our faces all year long. And new creation, we're referring to the word death, the D word, death. That's word death, the subject of death. John and Jackie, I stated it last week. Pastor said yes to revisiting and reteaching about what? Death, hell, and eternity, heaven. Because death for nearly a year now has, done, has been what, Mar? It's been in our faces. We've all had to think about death. We've all known somebody or either have a family member who has passed away, who has died, who has met with death because of the virus. Not only the virus, but people die every day from strokes and heart attacks. People killed themselves people die in their sleeps this thing the d word death is real and one out of one the bible declares one out of one of us is going to die there'll be a day when you'll be not you won't be here I won't be here. And so this is a topic. It's a subject. Uh, it's been a constant theme uh, due to this pandemic. It's just heightened us because we have, we have uh, uh, so many people that are dying. And let me show you again this morning. I had the statistics up here last week. As of this morning, 2,130,422 deaths to date to this morning have died from the virus. That's just the virus, my beloved. Now, what comprises the U.S.? 427,000. 637. They believe in a couple of weeks we will be over 500,000 deaths in America. So what's that look like? That's mamas. Daddies, somebody's dad, somebody's uncle, somebody's brother, somebody's sister, somebody's cousin, somebody's co-worker, somebody's neighbor. A lot of death. And I said as, as people were at bringing this up to my attention uh, and wanting to and asking me about it, children dying cousins and so forth and so on and so my beloved as I begin to listen to people asking me about bringing this teaching back from 12 years ago I begin to reflect and realize uh, mama Pat that yeah there is a lot of anxiety today uh, Gloria there's a lot of trauma today there's a lot of fear somebody type it in the chat there's a lot of fear surrounding the D word the subject of death and dying in our world and in our families. And so, my beloved, this is why. Pastor was asked to re-engage, and we're going to exposit this subject, this topic that we established last week that most everybody struggles with. Most everybody, we try to evade it. We try to ignore it. We don't want to talk about it. And most of us are uncomfortable. And here's the big one. Here's the big one, Zach. Most of us, if not all of us, are not ready for death. We are not ready, my beloved, to die. And yet... As the body of Christ and the church, 
We live in a time like never before with all this death around us. I said it last week, my beloved, that we need to understand and pay attention to what God has told us, the church, about death and dying. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you this morning. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done for me. It could have been me. I dare say in the lives of some of us, it was us at a time when we were outdoors, uh, without a friend, homeless. Some of us have experienced that real talk, real reality. But you didn't see fit, the song says. The word of God says that you are always with us. You never leave us alone. And so we thank you today for your power, the song says. We thank you today for your omnipotence. We thank you today for your protection. We thank you today because without you, we would be most, a most pitiful and lost world. And so now take your servant again one more time today and use me, Lord. Speak through me, Holy Spirit. There's somebody that's really tuned in to listening, especially the people who asked for me to bring this back. But I believe we're all in tune, want to be tuned to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say today in this second week of this series and teaching. Use me now in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. And so, my beloved, as we get going today, as again, I'm going to say it again, especially now more than ever before, with so much death around us, it is really critical that the church understands uh, what death and dying means. Why? Because, listen, if we're supposed to, in times like this, Mar, we're supposed to do what? We're supposed to be ready for those that are outside the church who don't understand death and dying. Like, uh, we, we, we're supposed to be there, what? Ready to talk to them, ready to comfort them, ready to give them what? Answers, ready to give them counsel. But now here's the problem. If we're going to be in the same boat with them, <laughs> Gloria, listen, Stephen, Tracy, if we're in the same boat with folks in the world who are afraid of death, how are we going to help? How are we going to help them when they run into the church asking for what's going on and they're afraid? It's the church that's supposed to be light salt and comfort in times of storm we're supposed to be able to be ready for them to come in and tell them don't fear you don't have to be afraid and so my beloved we can't as i'm gonna say it again if we're in the boat with everybody else with the world then we can't help the world which is what we're called to do and so my beloved family again let's roll through the foundation uh, of this teaching seven days God gave me a retitle I told you last week it's not 30 days God says no you don't know if you don't have tomorrow you don't have tonight so it's not seven it's not 30 days one month don't know why all these preachers have been preaching 30 days you don't have 30 days you don't have you don't have this evening and so we titled it, we retitled it, Seven Days to Live, The Time of My Life. And so, my beloved, we asked the questions, what is your mind and heart filled with, uh, with the thought process of if God told you you had exactly one hour to live, seven days to live, what is the mindset and what would your heart be filled with? What would your heart be filled with if you knew you only had seven days to live? Would you share your faith? Would you witness to folks? Would you talk to people that you knew in your family, friends and coworkers and neighbors who weren't saved would you suddenly have an energy and excitement a passion to share with them 
about the, about the Lord and Savior? Would you fix relationships that, you, that are broken right now? People, you know, you got a brother you haven't talked to him in two years, over $60, dumb stuff. Would you call and talk, talk with a father? Would you forgive a mother? Would you do something? Would you show some humility? Humility is missing today. What would you say to God and do if you knew you only had seven days to live? If you knew you only had three hours to live? Would you have any regrets? Would there be things that you did that you'd be regretful? Would there be things that you said to people that you, that you shouldn't have said? Would you have anything that you would go back with your family and redo? And you know what's really crazy about this thing, Terry and Sister Francis? People die every day, all day. But we treat death as if it's, it's always going to just kind of just jump over us, just kind of skip us, bypass us. And my beloved, nothing can be further from the truth. And so as we've gone through, these are the teachings. We started last week in week one with tragedy, diagnosis, and realities about death. Today, we're, the subject is bamboozled into hell. Somebody type it in the chat. Bamboozled. Bamboozled into hell. Don't boast about tomorrow because you don't have tomorrow. And then next week, the next time I get with you, we're going to be talking about hell. See, all these months. Now, let me say this to you. I'm, I'm going to run through these slides that we talked about last week. I don't have time to go back and reteach them. You who missed last week, those who are first-time guests, you can go on our website and pull it up. All the slides are there. All the notes are there. And you can hear what the foundation of how we started last week. And I want to say this. It's very important to our members. If you missed last week, you know the way pastor teaches. Every week of a series builds on the next week. It keeps building because we're going somewhere. And so you do need to go back and check it out. Then we're going to move into hell. We're going to talk about hell. And everybody's going to learn. It's not Disneyland. Hell's not Disneyland. Then we're going to move into heaven. No, heaven can't wait. We got people putting, putting, putting off the work, what God will have them to do and, and, wait, and get, putting God off because they think heaven can wait. Heaven is not going to wait on anybody. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about heaven. You're not going to believe it. And then we're going to close out the series with some about, and teach about dying, the difference between dying and death and the eternal perspectives. And so as I get going here, I'm, just, I'm not going to read all these. This is what we have started out with foundation. We got to believe God. And, and these are scriptures that talk about how the Lord wants us to number our days, to recognize our days are few, that listen, the living know that they're going to die we talked about that you got to go see it get it go listen to the series last week got to believe God about the time of your life Lord remind me how brief my time is on earth and remind me my days are numbered I talked about that look weep when a child is born rejoice when somebody is uh, 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 dies it's better to go to a funeral than the house of mourning than to a party we talked about all this last week our learning objectives we want to embrace want to talk want to learn about the D word death we talked about that last week and we continue to tell you regarding death and eternity you have to focus your life's time, the time of your life, as if you don't have tomorrow. We talked about that. PowerPoint, wisdom key for the whole series. All of, all of your life's time on this side of heaven has been given to you specifically by God for you to be ready for tomorrow, for, to ready for eternity. Not ready for the next job. Not ready for a marriage. But really to be primarily first ready for eternity. And we talked about that. Again, we shared it's better to go to a funeral. Listen, the big question regarding an imminent death and eternity headed towards you. But when, but when you don't know it, what have you done with the time of your life? Are you living with your eye towards death and eternity so we all these are things that set up our series and this was last week's teaching week one we looked at tragedies diagnoses and realities of death and we talked about the fact that we don't believe god rex we don't believe god what god says about dying yet everybody people are dying a hundred somebody write it down in case you don't believe me check it out 154 people die a minimum of 154 people die every day you multiply that times 30 and you'll get a big number. And so we can't, we have to believe God. We cannot believe what we think about 
life. And we, lo- we looked at that. And we told you last week, avoidance is not readiness. <laughs> no, avoiding the issue of death is not being ready. And then we told you we got to live with an urgency. We got to make it personal. Somebody made it personal last week. Praise the Lord. And then God has told us, number your days. Number the time of your life. Don't waste time. Redeem your time because you don't know how much time, Gloria, you have. And then we look, close it out by telling you, you got to live by urgency, by some urgency. You got to make it personal because the time of your life is short. And then we gave you something that you needed to do. You needed to create a legacy drawer. And we talked all about this last week, but now we're moving into today, seven days to live week two, bamboozled into hell. How many of you know there are folks who are bamboozled into hell. There are people who sabotage their own lives. And my beloved, as we get ready to get into this, if you're with us for the first time, again, uh, if you missed part one, you got to go get that part one that I just kind of gave us a quick uh, review of. And so now as we get going into today, we're going to get ready to look at our roadmap uh, because here's the question again. I'm going to ask the question every week. If God were to send for you exactly seven days from now, from today, are you ready? If God were to sin and you don't know, it might be two days, it might be 25 years, but because we don't know, Frederica, we must live with a readiness. But let's, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is the thought as we're moving through this sequence, Chanel. If God were to say to you, I'm going to sin for you, Gloria, exactly seven days from now, would you be ready? And what would you do? With the little bit of time you have left, would you have some regrets that you couldn't fix in the time you have left? Keith and Dorothy, we made it crystal clear again. 154 people die every day. They meet with death every day, all day. And what does that death look like? All kinds of death, not just COVID. There are tragedies, there's sickness. Some people die in their sleep, some people commit suicide. Uh, there's all kinds of deaths. And I want you to look at this video. Watch this video because just about every week I'm going to bring a video to you that's going to make you understand the reality of things happen suddenly. American 11, are you trying to call? The is not answering their phone. Our number one has been staffed and our five has been staffed. I am going to call from Washington. I am in a situation with American 11, the possible hijack. What's going on, Betty? The crap is erratic again. Are you ready?
god. So both towers are now. Okay, now we have a copy. I got an aircraft that's south east of the White House. Hello? Crystal City, just north of Crystal City. Just to the north of your town. Yeah, stop all the parkers. The United 93, that traffic for you is 1 o'clock, 12 miles eastbound, 370. Negative contact, we're looking, United 93. United 93, Cleveland, if you hear the center, I den. Tuesday, 9, 47 a.m. Hi, baby. I'm... Baby, you have to listen to me carefully. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked. I'm on the plane. I'm calling from the plane. I want to tell you I love you. Please tell my children that I love them very much. And I'm so sorry, babe. I hope to be able to see your face again, baby. I love you. Bye. That's not a movie. And I'll say it again like I said it last week. Pastor is not trying to be morbid. What pastor is doing is doing what pastor is supposed to do and make sure that you understand. Can't tell you what you want to hear. I'm not going to tickle your ears about what death means. Death, it's, it's, it's always tough when I talk about a few things. Death is one of them. Hell is another one. Things kind of get creepy around me when I talk about death and hell because, you know, the hell hounds kind of get stirred up more. <laughs> They get kind of stirred up. And so things get a little sticky when you start talking about things that people don't really want to hear, things that people are afraid of. But uh, I'm not going to ever tell you what you don't what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you must hear. And so, my beloved, yes, 9-11 was and is to this day one of the most tragic days and experience in the American history and our nation, and all of our lives. That day was a day that was difficult for, for all of us. It was difficult to hear that again. It was difficult to see some of that. There's another part of that that I'm going to bring you, not today, but coming up. And my beloved, again, it was difficult to hear it. It was difficult to see it. You see there was a man, we called, he's on his cell phone. About 15 seconds before that plane went into that building, he had hung up with his family. Wanted them to know. Again, this is all the time he got left, and he had enough wherewithal to, to say, I got to get to my family and tell them how much I love them, because maybe he hadn't told them. You heard the woman. I'm trying, I want to let you know I want the pain is going down. We don't know what's going on. You see people on the plane, somebody on the plane yelled, Dari, help, I want to get out of here. Too late. Are you listening to the Spirit of God and your pastor? I could, I could, I could go to invitation right now. This thing of death and this is why we're afraid. This is why we think it's an enemy. This is why we don't want to talk about it. But you better get, you better get it in your spirit. You got to face it. And there'll be a day when you will face it. We're all going to face it. But it's not so much as facing it. It's our attitude. It's our understanding. And it's where we're going when we leave here. 
And that's the whole essence of this teaching, my beloved. And so as difficult as it was to see that, as hard as it was to hear that, my beloved, as the body of Christ, Father God has charged the church, all of us, with the responsibility to understand the true meaning of death. And what is the true meaning of death for a believer, Rex? Death has no sting. Somebody write it in the chat. Type it in the chat. Death has no sting for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We got to understand that and we got to live like that. We cannot be afraid. Death is not our enemy. We don't experience death, Gloria. We'll never see death. It has no sting. And again, the uncomfortable question we live in the church with that we in the church must be ready to engage and answer, my beloved. If God were to send for you, Mar, seven days from now, you should be ready. You should be ready. We all, those of us who are in Christ, we should be ready. Frederica, Wanda, Renee, as we go into this teaching today, those who are born again disciples of Jesus, listen to the Spirit of God and your pastor this morning. We all have to know, listen to me now, we have to know and share with others, those who die in Christ never see death. Why? Because Jesus faced it for us and conquered it. Somebody type it in the chat. I'm saved from death. <laughs> you better get a revelation this morning from the Spirit of God in the Word. I'm saved from death. And so, saints, death is not our enemy. And in week one, the Holy Spirit established all that as clear truth. And I pray that you guys all embraced it. And so, as we get going today, Mama Faye, Mama Jane, Pops, this morning in week two, we continue to engage the subject of seven days to live the time of my life by looking here, here's the, here it is saints we'll look, we're going to look closer today at the life and obituary somebody write that down somebody write that down we're getting ready to look at the we're getting ready to read and look at the life and obituary of a man hallelujah of a man in the bible we don't know his actual name ladies God only wanted us to know him by the name he gave him the rich fool God says it's not important that you know his name. I want you to know him. I want to give, I'm going to give him a name for you so that you'll never forget him and to make sure that you don't become a fool. No name. It's funny how we have a few people in the, that God has in the word. He don't give them names. But they're the greatest lessons that we get from him. Lot's wife. We don't know her name, but we learn a lot from her. The rich fool. And so, my beloved, as we get going today, ladies, God only wanted us to know him by the name he gave him. I said, I want y'all to just know he's a, he was the rich fool. And Scott, K. Rose, we're going to go deeper today in our understanding of the subject of this subject of death by looking into the life of a man who did not respect the time of his life. The time in his life and all that God had gave him and new creation. We're going to note from the rich fool, if you don't pay attention to your life. And what God says about the time, you will most certainly have regret. You will not only have regret, my beloved, but you will have great loss of your testimony if you don't get this today. You will have great loss of your precious time that you don't know how much that is you have. And here's the big one. There will be great loss of opportunity. That's what I really want somebody to get today. That's one of the things you're going to have. There's going to be great loss in your life of opportunities that the Holy Spirit would give you and I, give you to help somebody.
to help somebody who's not saved. And this brings us to the opening pages of our roadmap of learning and discovery, today's teaching outline and challenge points. Let's get riding today. Here's our teaching outline today. Bamboozled into hell, and we're talking about death. And what we're going to do, we're going to read and look at the obituary of the rich fool. He was bamboozled into hell. Somebody type it in the chat. Bamboozled. We're going to look at the fact that people every day, they plane crash. They crash their own planes. They sabotage their own lives. We're getting ready to see that in this fool. What else are we going to look at? We're going to answer the question, what is your life? And the Bible teaches us no one knows. You don't know. We're going to see that today, my beloved. And we're going to look at the fact that your life is in God's hands. Your life is in God's hands. That's why we don't have to fear death is not an enemy because our lives, as we, because we're saved, is in God's hands, Carol and Jenny Lashima. And what, what's that mean? If God wills, you will. If God does not will, you won't. And my beloved, let's get to the last part. We want to challenge everybody today. You're going to have to check. We're going to be challenging you today to live fully committed. Live for the unseen, the, the eternal, and not the temporal. And then we're going to give you a legacy action plan. And so, my beloved, let's get going as I look at my time. Let's get going today. I know some of you are ready to go. You got your notes. And as we get going today, Mama C.J. Rose, Mama K., from the obituary of the rich fool, he's going to paint for us in broad strokes a number of lessons to include. As we look at him, we're going to think about the 154,000 who die every day. Who meet with death every day, and many sadly, Barry and Sybil, many sadly have, have, been, have been bamboozled into hell. How many people you think on those two planes and then the other planes were, went to hell? Bamboozled. And we're going to talk about what bamboozled into hell means. I know many of you already know it. But sadly... Of the 154,000 people that die every day, I wonder how many people have, been, have sabotaged their own lives, bamboozled themselves into hell, just like the fool. Somebody type it in the chat. The fool. <laughs> and so I want us all to turn in our Bibles with the passage to the 12th chapter of Luke, 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 starting at verses 15 to 21. And then we're going to go to James chapter 5 and read verses 1, 2, and 3. We're starting out here now. Get your Bibles. I'm going to give you a minute there. Those of you who think your phone is a Bible, I'm going to give you a minute to get your phone and get it there. <laughs> but we're going to the 12th chapter of Luke, starting at the 15th verse, and we're going to read through verse 21. Then I want you to hold on to Luke and go over to James chapter 5 and we're going to read verses 1, 2, and 3. And so uh, I want us, we have a reader today. I want you to follow along with our reader as we start out in Luke the 12th chapter starting at verse 15. Ready? And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. 
And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Love it to James, the fifth chapter of James. We're coming back here, but let's go over to the fifth chapter of James. And because I want you to, to take, we want to, it's kind of an extension of what our Savior was saying here in um, uh, Luke. It's kind of an extension, and I want you to understand what God is saying here. James chapter 5, verses 1, 2, and 3. Ready, read. Come now, your wit. You rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and the corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Let's switch back where we were. And my beloved, I had us tag those two together because you hear our Savior <laughs> having a lot to say. Rudy, Mike, our Savior had a lot to say. Strong words for fools. Fools, especially those that he has given wealth to. Notice what I said. God gives wealth. You don't accrue, I don't accrue. This fool didn't accrue any, any amount of anything. It was God who gave him what he had. But God had strong words for fools, for especially those who he's given wealth to. And so as we go back now to Luke, let's flip back over to Luke. What I want us to understand, and what we did not read, we, wanted, we should have started at verse 15. So I'm going to tag verse 15 of Luke chapter 12, because that's where we really wanted to start. And, and he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. Why? For a man's life, his life, his life consists not in the abundance of the things which he has. Not in money, not in a woman, not in a job, not in a career, not in children. Life does not consist. And so, my beloved, as we get going today with this teaching, what I want us to make sure that we understand, here in Luke and James, our Savior is addressing a number of topics. If you go back and start reading, Gloria, uh, really, at verse uh, 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 10, the, Jesus is doing a lot of teaching, he's doing a lot of talking, and people are, he's, he's getting questioned about some things. But what I want us to make sure that we understand for the context of this teaching this morning, my beloved, our Savior, though he was addressing a a number of topics primarily my beloved somebody write this down he was addressing the sin of pride he was addressing arrogance and he was addressing covetousness he was addressing somebody get it down now he was addressing the sin of pride pride comes before fall he was addressing how arrogant we can be and we all can be very arrogant even when we pretend we're not being arrogant <laughs> 
and we can be very, and he was being very covetous. And so he was addressing these three things. And so church, the rich fool is going to facilitate facilitate today's teaching on this issue of death. And so my beloved, again, as we get going today, as we get writing today, let's go it on here now and look at our learning objectives for the day. The learning objectives, why we need, what we want to get out of this teaching today, Gloria, Father God controls and directs every detail of our lives. Many are bamboozled into hell every day for what? Because they don't know how close they are to death. Many are bamboozled into hell, my beloved, because they don't know what is their life. They don't know. (laughs) Many are bamboozled into hell because they think they are in control of their lives. We want to make sure you understand the teaching because it's centered around this. This is what we want to make sure we understand. Look at our, let's continue. Sadly, many times, and here's what I really want us all to get, the church. I'm talking to the church. Sadly, many times, Carol, people are bamboozled because someone has sat back and watched them crash their plane into hell. Somebody, you know where we're going. I wonder, you think about that. Have you watched somebody crash their plane, fly their plane into hell like those planes flew into the building? There's some people, you know, you got a family member. You won't say any. You haven't said any, but you know he's not saved. She's not saved. But you, what, what are you doing? What you don't realize, you're watching her. Watch because you don't know the day. They don't know the day. You are potentially watching them crash their plane into hell. Pastor, you, where are you going? Ride. Let's ride. The PowerPoint wisdom key we want to get out today's teaching. Your life is short. You are a mist, a vapor that appears for a little time and then disappears, vanishes. And here's the point. You don't control your life. That's the PowerPoint. We don't control our lives. And there's a payment for thinking. Thinking. We t- see, the subject last week was what we think. There's a payment for thinking. You can control your life and you can control what's going to happen tomorrow. That payment is eternity in hell where there is no time. There's no time in hell. And here's the big question. What is your life? See, we're going to keep going back to that. What is your life? What is your life? What are you doing with the time of your life? Are you focused on the temporal visible things like the rich fool, the things in life? Or are you focused and paying attention to what is to is what is unseen in the eternal? Are you misusing the time of your life and what God has given you to do? Are you ready for death? And do you have an action plan? Do you have an action plan? And so, my beloved, as we get going today, we really get going today, here's what I want to make sure that we understand as we get going today. The rich fool is going to facilitate today's teaching on the subject of death. And Leon and Angela, we begin by finding out some things about the rich fool fool by reading his obituary. Let's read his obituary. And here's something that I put up here. Uh, I don't want any of you to go. I don't. I, I put this up here because I'm sending a warning. This is supposed to be a death clock. You're supposed to be able to go to this link on the website and put in your date, put the month, the day you were born, the year you were birthed, your sex, and, and this thing is supposed to be able to tell you when you're going to die. And there are some people that go to this nonsense. Yes, that y'all know that's why I don't like the internet. Uh, that's why I don't care for much uh, social media. Uh, I, you notice what I put on here do not enter the word of God says no man knows today but we got people going here to seeing oh this 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 tells me this tell me about when I'm gonna die nonsense nonsense 
But let's learn it. Let's read his obituary. Here's what his obituary reads, my beloved church. He did not know God. He did not love God. He ignored God. He only thought of himself. When we, read the, when we read his obituary, it didn't even say he thought about anybody else. He was just talking about me and mine and what I'm going to do and, and why I'm going to eat, drink, and be married. He, didn't, he wasn't even going to share it with anybody. Oh, my God. Got everything he wanted out of the time of his life, but he gained the world, but he lost his soul. See, this, see I'm going to I'm I'm talk about obituaries in a second here, but we're reading his obituary. Listen, what else did he do? He enjoyed the temporal things of life. He said, hey, I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. Like I said, he only thought of himself. What else, what else do we get out of uh, this, his obituary? He misused the time and possessions that God gave him. This is his obituary. <laughs> I wonder what will your obituary say? What will they read about you? <laughs> Look, it said he, he was prideful and he was covetous and he was selfish. <laughs> Listen, here's, here's, now here's the, here's the part that, that drew me in as I was studying this and, and pondering it in my mind. He had no one in his life to warn him. Bible doesn't tell us that he had anybody in his life to warn him. And if he did, maybe he, because he, maybe because he's the fool, maybe he ignored him. But the big thing is out of his, oh, that I want us to get out of, out of all this to summarize his obituary, Keith and Dorothy, he sabotaged his own life and he left no legacy. Are you sabotaging your own life? Are you sabotaging, are you playing part to sabotaging a family member? You know they're not saved. You know they're playing around. But you've not said anything. I'm not talking about somebody you've shared, tried to share with them and they just don't want to hear it. Like the rich fool didn't want to hear. I'm talking about people you know, your neighbor. You know your neighbor's lost. If they die today, they're lost. They're going to hell. They're going to, plane, they're going to crash their plane right into hell. But the church can't be sitting back and watching that. But we are, consider Phil and Sherry, we are sitting back and we're watching people crash their plane into hell. Bamboozled, bamboozled. And so, my beloved, as we continue to move forward again, because of sin, the sin of pride and arrogance and covetousness, this man sabotaged his own life and therefore wrote an obituary that the Bible, God says, he's a fool. Man, I want y'all to know I'm calling him a fool because if you ask, after you read his obituary, you'll know why I named him fool. And so, my beloved, Jacob sleep. The one of the most important segments in the funeral is the reading of the obituary. Do y'all know that? That's one of the most important things. Why? Because the obituary, my beloved, tells us all about the significance about the life of the deceased. Rex, the obituary, we tune into the obituary. Why? Stephen and Tracy, the one thing, somebody type it in the chat. The one thing we're all in search of when we read the obituary was the date the beloved accepted Jesus Christ. Listen, once we see that date, Gloria, whether it's there, if it's there, we kind of have a sigh of relief. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Oh, praise God. This is truly a celebration. Sister Johnny Cake was saved. She accepted Jesus Christ June 5th, 1963. Sister Johnny Cake was saved. Oh, praise God. You know, it kind of takes something off of us and we kind of have a little comfort for the rest of the service. Why? Because we know. But if that date, if nothing is there about that person, 
You know, kind of like we kind of do, you know, we have folk, in the, you know, we got the, in the church, you know, folk want to bring somebody who was a robber, a thief, a thug, a gangbanger, a murderer, want to bring him into church now, and we want to pray him into heaven. Can't do that. <laughs> no, 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 we can't do that. And so it's the, truly the funerals rose where we are in a funeral, and we know that the person was not saved. That's tragic. This is a man, it's tragic because he was not saved. His obituary is clear. He did not know Jesus. And Carol, Jenny, Lashima, the rich fool's obituary gives us a story of a man who tragically plane crashed, sabotaged his own life. And new creation, listen to the Spirit of God and your pastor this morning. Funeral services all this past year because of people dying, COVID deaths, and, and this kind of death and that kind of death. Uh, there have been many, just like this rich fool, they sabotaged. They were not ready. They were not ready. And let me show you what I mean by that. The details of a sabotaged life are people who reject Jesus Christ and the word of God. You know somebody, you have a friend, you have a coworker, you have a sister, you have a family member. They have rejected to this point the Jesus Christ and the word of God. The details of a sabotaged life, people who, who bamboozle themselves into hell are people that think they're in control of their lives. The man thought he was in control of his life. Notice what he said. Tomorrow, he began to talk about what he was going to do tomorrow. He didn't realize you didn't have tomorrow. That's why God said, fool. You don't have tomorrow. Your soul, you, 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 I, I'm sending for you now, and I'm going to send you to a place. The details of a sabotaged life are people who are boastful and arrogant. They're worldly, they're prideful, they're haughty. The Bible warns us, don't, have, don't be haughty spirited, don't be prideful. These are people who choose riches over the eternal. They misuse the time of their lives. I'm talking about the details of people who live, sabotage, they sabotage their own life. They bamboozle themselves on into hell. They don't know that their life is in God's hand. People who live, sabotage, they sabotage their own lives. They don't know their life is in God's hand. They don't know that. What else? They don't know how close they are to death this man did not know this he's a fool because he didn't realize how close he was to death somebody's getting it listen these are people that don't know what's coming tomorrow <laughs> these are people who are self-centered and here's what i keep i'm going to keep going back to this because i believe some some part of me believes this no one a lot of times in these type of people lives gloria there was no one to warn them and help them Tell them. Listen, we're talking about people who died, people who may have sabotaged their lives. You see all these people up here, the, the notorious B.I.G., all these are people, Keith Ledger, Michael Jackson, all these are people, Elvis Presley, Marvin Gaye, all these are people. Again, Ike Turner, uh, Richard Pryor, Kurt Cobain, Judy Garland, uh, Belushi, uh, Selena, Whitney Houston. These are all people. Uh, again, Jimi Hendrix. These are examples of people. Not saying they went to hell, not saying they weren't saved, but they sabotaged their lives with drug use and abuse drugs and all kinds of, 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 of sin. Not saying they went to hell, but I am saying they sabotaged. How many of you believe that Whitney Houston sabotaged her own life? Oh, my God. How many of you believe that uh, Michael Jackson sabotaged his own life? 
How many of you understand David Ruffin through drugs and abuse of drugs sabotaged his own life. He hastened the time in his life. And many of the 154,000 who die every day, my beloved church, are just like these folk here. They were not ready. They allowed the wages of sin. The word tells us clearly the wages of sin is what? It is death. Somebody type it in the chat. Death. And so, my beloved, as we look at Hannah Nicole Smith and uh, uh, Seymour, uh, Philip Seymour, these are, some of these are actors, but these are all people. Marilyn Monroe, these are all people. Robin Williams, these are all people who sabotaged like the rich fool. Remember what I said. I'm not saying none of these people are saved. I'm saying they tragically sabotaged. They crashed their plane. And we need to understand this teaching today as we hurry on here. They ain't going to have much more for you, but I got to get it all to you this morning. The story, the rich fool, his obituary tells us the story of a man who crashed, who plane crashed. He crashed his, crashed his own plane, Mar. He sabotaged his own life. And my beloved, that's when we look at a funeral, we are, that's, that's what we understand about some funerals. Funeral services all this past year had people who had crashed their plane who had uh, sabotaged their own lives. I'm not talking about people who died of cancer. I'm not talking about people who died of sickness. I'm not talking about I'm talking about people because of the life they lived. Because the life the rich fool lived is why he went to hell. Because he rejected God. And there are people who reject God every day all day of the 154,000 and my beloved, again, Yule, Sonia, Gus, the Holy Spirit pointed out to me a key component to those who die without Christ. One of the greatest tragedies is many in the church watch, sit back and watch friends, co-workers and family members, loved ones crash their plane. Somebody's a little convicted right now. You know exactly how the spirit of the Lord is speaking. You haven't said a word. You got family members you haven't said a word to. You got people that, and why? I keep telling our members, I don't want to hear no more about this nonsense of 10, 15-year-old Christians talking about they're afraid. They can't speak. They get nervous. I don't want to hear that. You know why I don't want to hear that? Because God doesn't want to hear that. People's lives are in the balance. There were people on those planes that didn't know when they got on those planes that was it. And I dare say, I wonder if we watch people crash their planes, is that light? Is that salt wrecks? Is that helping somebody when, if we watch people who we know don't know Jesus, but we don't say anything to a dying world? Yes, the rich fool, while he was a fool, I thought about it. Did anyone from the church say anything to this man? Did anybody go by and try to talk to him? Did anybody, Mama CJ, try to say anything to him? Did anybody, uh, 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 Elliot and Sister Ball, Tracy Balknight, did anybody uh, say anything to him? If nobody did, yes, he was bamboozled into hell because of what he thought. 
He rejected God. And instead, because he was greedy, he spent the time of his life thinking what he wanted to think. And what he, well, he told us what he wanted to think. His obituary read, I'm going to eat, I'm going to drink, and I'm going to be merry. I'm going to, I'm going to live it up. If you go back to the passage of Scripture, you'll recognize, look there in these verses 16 through 21, he, uh, there's 11 times pronouns where he says, I and my, I'm going to do, I will, my and my, and I and I, and why. And he kept going on with that over and over and over, talking about 11 times you'll read it. And let me tell you right now what we literally mean by bamboozled. Carl and Julie, the rich fool, was given the name fool not because he was stupid and ignorant. Gabby, young adults, Sheldon, he was not given, Jesus did not give him the name rich fool because he was stupid, because he was ignorant. No, God gave him that name because he rejected Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He ignored his eternity, his eternal soul, and it was because he was full of pride, greed, and arrogance. That's why God coined him the rich fool. Because of his choices, his rejection, and listen to the Spirit of God in your pastor today. He's known only by the Bible as fool because every man, every woman, and every teenager who's reached the age of accountability who would reject Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the treasures of the world to eat, drink, and be merry, you are a fool. You are a fool. You are a fool. You are a big fool. That if you're not careful, you will die in your sin. And your obituary will read the truth of it. I know they'll fly with it up. And, but the truth of it will be, here's a man who sabotaged his own life, crashed, plane crashed his life into hell, but was bamboozled because of his choices. Bamboozled. Somebody type it in the chat. Bamboozled. And so, my beloved... That's how his obituary read. Darlene, Raul, Mama Lois, here's a man, here's what his obituary read. Here's, here stands a man who never made Jesus Christ uh, his personal savior. Here's a man who did not have a legacy draw. Here's a man who didn't uh, tell people that he loved him. He didn't even worry, he wasn't even worried about people that he loved. He didn't even have a legacy draw. He didn't care. He did. Here's a man, his, his obituary reads, my beloved, here's a man who never made it personal. Last week we learned you got to make it personal. Here's a man who was not loving and generous toward God, who gave him all he had. Here's a man, here, I'm just getting, I'm reading his obituary. Here's a man, Mama K, who literally thought he was in control of his life, in control of tomorrow, and Jesus said, fool tonight. Fool tonight. Your soul. I wonder if there's anybody tonight, this evening, two hours from now, Tomorrow, God's going to sin for you. And you may not be ready. And please understand, pastor's not trying to scare nobody. This is just the word of God. 
And so, my beloved, many of the persons listed here, <laughs> here, we're not saying none of them were saved. We're not saying all of them rejected Jesus Christ. What we are saying is their choices for drugs and sin and addictions took them out. Took them out. And you can hasten the time. Your end time. You can hasten it. Why? Because though God holds your hand in his palm of his hand, he won't violate your will. There's the broad road and the narrow road. Few that jump on the broad road, many don't get back. Many don't come back. They die in their sin. This man died in his sin. And so what we are saying is your choices. The wages of sin is death, my beloved. And so there are many like the fool who crashed their plane. But God, again, won't ever violate your will. Now, we're getting ready to close it out. Let's quickly turn to the fourth chapter of James. Let's quickly turn to the fourth chapter of James, and we're done. Let's quickly turn to the fourth chapter of James. The fourth chapter of James, and we're going to read verses 13 through 16. Uh, here's, the summer, here's the summation of this teaching and of the fool. Here's the summation, E.B. Here's where it all comes to the conclusion of the matter. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And I want us to begin reading at verse 13. And stop at verse 16. James chapter 4. Give you a second to get over there. And we're going to read verses 13 through 16. 13 through 16. If all of us were in the church together, I said, when you get there, say, I'm there. <laughs> That's our audio folks back there. Praise God. And so uh, follow along now as we read verses 13 through 16 of, 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 of James chapter 4. Uh, I'm going to read these verses here. And it says, go to now you who say today or tomorrow we will go into a city we will go to Houston and we will continue there and stay there a year of time and we're going to uh, trade we're going to do business we're going to start a business there we're going to sell some things and we're going to make a lot of money we're going to be very successful verse 14 uh, says whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow tomorrow and here's what we've been asking in this teaching today for what is your life it is even a vapor, a mist that appears for a little while, a little time, and then, poof, vanishes into thin air. Verse 15, for that ye ought to say, here's what you should say, if the Lord wills, I, we shall live and we shall do this, we shall go to a place and we shall do that. If the Lord wills is what we should be saying. Verse 16, the last verse. But now you rejoice in your boasting, your arrogance. There's our word. And all such boasting and arrogance is evil. Is evil in the sight of God. Do y'all see, do y'all tie in James 
And these verses to the rich man, doesn't all, the, the pieces of the puzzle come together really easy. Does everybody get it? What the Holy Spirit is trying to make sure that we understand that James is trying to make sure that we, uh, that he's explaining to us that goes right into this rich fool and his obituary and what we talked about today, that what, what is the get, what is the getting? None of us, Gloria, has control over our lives. None of us have control over our own lives, over our possessions. You don't have control over the air you breathe right now. You don't have control over not to the dime in your pocket. And I want you to understand something here. Look up here. Job 14 and 2 says, our life is like a flower that grows quickly and then dies away. Our life is like a shadow that is here for a short time. Somebody type it in the chat. Short time. And then it's gone. That's your life. And what James is saying to us, my beloved, in these uh, verses, the rich fool is a warning to all of us. Never think you're in control of your life, of the time of your life, don't, don't you ever think it. And let me give you now, I'm going to give you now, listen, I'm going to give you now, I want you to stay with this thought. Many in the church will sit back and watch loved ones, friends, neighbors, and the like crash their planes, die and go to hell. That's on us. That's on us. A lot of that, God is going to call us accountable for that. But here's again, here's here again, here's what we just read. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit yet you do not know somebody type it in the chat you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow somebody type that part in the chat you do not know and let me give you all new creation outreach ministries and our uh, first time guests and our folks uh, in Chicago, my brother in Florida, people in Texas and Mississippi and listening around in uh, Utah and different places. Let's now, now we're going to give you the Holy Spirit wants to give you the translation of what we just read. Here's what the translation is. Notice what I have up here. What is your life? You don't know. Somebody ought to get that. You don't know. Here's the translation, the spiritual translation of James 4, 15, 16. You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. If the Lord wills, tomorrow I will go to Texas and I will stay there and work. Look now, here's the translation. I'll work there three years. I'm going to get married there. I'm going to have some children there. And I will become a school teacher. I will make money there. And I will be successful. Now, this is the translation. Now, let me break it down to you in another way. But if the Lord does not will tomorrow, I will meet with death. Be it a plane crash, cancer, a heart attack, a slip in a crack and break my skull, COVID-19, I die in my sleep, or I choke to death on a sunflower seed. If the Lord does not will, that's the translation yeah, you will do those things because that's what he's saying. He's saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to make money. I'm going to make a profit. I'm going to be very successful. He's talking about years, the time I'm going to be there. But God says, don't you say that. Don't say that. Why? Because I own your hand. Your life is in my hand. The air you're breathing, if I'd elect to cut it off, 
if I elect to cut it off. And so he's trying to tell us, my beloved, to teach our children and to share with the unsaved friends, family, neighbors. Don't be like the rich fool. We don't want to sabotage our lives. Why? Because we don't own our lives and our lives are short. The rich fool rejected God. He was arrogant. He was full of pride. He was greed. And we know people just like that in our family. We know people on our streets like that. We know people we work with like that. And this is a recipe for folks to be bamboozled into hell I wonder this morning beloved as I close this word this morning there's some actions that you and I need to take regarding what is your life what is your life you don't know what is your life you don't know Proverbs 16 and 1 says the plans of the heart, the mind, and the thinking. There's that thinking again. We get in trouble when we think. Uh, The plans of the heart and the mind and thinking belong to man. But the answer of the tongue comes from God. What's the translation? God controls what happens. (laughs) You can make all the plans you want. The rich man, when we read what he was planning to do, the rich man didn't know all those plans were none. But why? Null and void. Why? Because God. Because you have rejected me and been careless, been prideful, been arrogant. Notice now here in here in James is talking about arrogance. The man was very arrogant. We got people today. They think they're the captain of their ship. I'm the captain of my ship. And money has a way of giving people a false sense of security. You know, you think money, but you know what? Steve Wynn, right now, the man can't see. With all the money he has, he could not save his eyes from going out. (laughs) Right now, he got to be walked around. And he's got, there's nobody got more money than he has. Money, see, and, and this fool, he's a fool because he thought that he could put all his, all his I'm going to eat, I'm going to drink, and I'm going to be married. He sabotaged his own life. What is your life? What, my beloved, will your obituary tell us about you? Your obituary is going to tell us what you believed what you believed and what you did if they tell it if they if you if 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 new creation outreach ministries types up your obituary that's what it's gonna say it ain't gonna lie it ain't gonna try to make you make you saved and you ain't saved and i have had did done funeral i've done funerals where i've had to say "I, I, i don't know nothing about this person people come to the church because they don't have a church you know, it's a strange thing. I don't need the church. I'm not saved. I don't believe in the church. But when somebody dies, you come into the church. And you want us to now say some sweet things about. See, I don't say nothing about. I don't say nothing good about nobody, especially when it comes to death. Mm-mm. No, we're not going to do that at our church. And so, my beloved, what you believed and who you believed is going to be in your obituary. And so, if God were to send for you exactly seven days from today, are you ready? I'm talking to the church. We should be ready. Why? Because it's coming. And we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But we do know this. Because of Christ our Savior, death is not our enemy. And I would finally caution us. Let's be careful not to sit back and watch people crash. 
We are supposed to help people in a time of COVID, in a time of disaster. Young people, we are supposed to be helping people. Young people, Dari, Bree, all of y'all know people that ain't saved. Don't watch them go to hell. Let them reject God. Then they'll deserve hell. But don't watch a, a friend go to hell. Stop making excuses, whoever I'm talking to. You've been saved long enough. You got enough word in you. Stop talking about being afraid. The Mormons are not afraid. The Muslims are not afraid. The Jehovah Witnesses are not afraid. They're everywhere. But you can't tell me the last time a Christian rolled up on you and asked you nothing about eternity. And so, my beloved, let us be careful. We want, we don't want, we want to help people today. The rich man said, I got time. There are many people saying that I got time. Our young people, I said it last week, they think they got time. Mama, I don't want to hear that right now. Just make sure you tell them. Just make sure you tell them. And if they die without Jesus, you'll sleep. I'll see. I'll sleep good at night. If my son wasn't saved, my daughter wasn't saved, I would sleep. Me and Sharon would sleep good at night. Why? Because we have drilled it down. Now, what she's done with it, what Derek has done with it, they all say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But if at, but if at her age today and Derek's age, 40 and her age, if they, would, if they were not saved today and they died in their sin, that'd be a tough funeral. But guess what? I'll preach it and I will preach the truth. Didn't know Jesus. That will ache my heart that they didn't know Jesus because I'll know where they went. They bamboozled themselves and crashed their plane into hell. But it won't be that me and Sharon sat back and never said a word. And so, my beloved, 1 Corinthians 4 and 18 says, For we are looking at the time, not at the temporal. Now, we don't pay attention to the temporal things of life, riches and, and, and wanting, to be, wanting to have this and have that. No, the visible things, but we are looking, focused, uh, Gloria, on the, un, the invisible, the unseen things. The visible things are short-lived. It's the unseen. It's the invisible things that are the, the unseen things that are eternal. We're looking at eternity. We're focused on eternity. And here's our action plan. Some of you are going to need to choose Christ Jesus, salvation. Some of you need to take up your cross and follow Jesus. According to Romans 6 and 23, Luke 9 and 23, we all know what those are. We know what they mean. Some of you are going to have to stop wasting the time of your life and, and, and worrying about the temporal things because you're, you're going to lose your soul like the rich fool. What does it profit a man to gain the world? He gained the world, but he lost his soul. You're going to need to focus your time and where it really counts. Stop wasting time. Ephesians 5, 16, y'all know what it says. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Some of you, your action plan, you're going to have to start, stop uh, uh, wasting time and start redeeming your time. Because you don't have, you don't know how much time you have left, my beloved. What else are we going to have to do with this action plan? Somebody, you need to start organizing and, prior and prioritizing the time your time around what God has chosen you to do. Stop putting it off. Stop procrastinating. Stop being complacent. Stop making excuses. And do his will and his purpose. And then what you need to do, how do you get to that place? You have to go to that
cultivate it, but you make sure you do it. That's why Matthew 6 and 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. 2 Peter 1 and 8 says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, with virtue knowledge. You got to keep adding, add self-control, self-control, steadfastness, steadfastness, godliness, godliness, brotherly affection. says, for these qualities are yours and will increase and they'll keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful if you do them. What else you going to have to do? Here's a big one. Here's somebody, you got to separate yourself from persons, places, and things that are sabotaging. You got to separate yourself from some folk. I don't care if they are family members. They ain't saved. They're divisive. They're sabotaging. They're keeping you away from the will of God. Jesus said, I come to set a mother against a daughter. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to deny you got to separate yourself from some people that are sabotaging the will of God in your life. Somebody needs to get it today and stop it in the name of Jesus. Why? Why? Because they're destroying your life and your testimony. James says, be doers of the word. Be Doers of the word. First Thessalonians says, test all things and hold fast to what is good. Abstain, First Thessalonians 5.22, from the a very appearance of the things that the rich fool did. Stay away from them. And so, my beloved, as I close, think about the people doing, nine, doing that 911 call. All the people who were, making, who were making phone calls. All the people who were screaming and hollering at the top of their lungs, I, I, I don't want to die. They weren't ready to die. Sadly, they were not ready. I'm saying to all of us in this teaching, I hope you got it. Because it was really simple. Nothing hard about it. But until you get it, you ain't got it. Till you get it, you ain't got it. I want everybody to look at your life. Remember, we have a countdown clock. Remember I told y'all we started last week. I showed it at the end. The countdown clock. I don't know if they can put it up, but if they can't, it's okay. Remember, we told you the, the countdown clock was, doing, was going to do what? Countdown from last week through to this week. It was going to continue to count down seven days. And it's okay, my beloved, if you don't have it. It's okay. They know. They remember what it looks like. The countdown clock. Remember, we told you that the hourglass, the hourglass represented the time, the time. Here it is. The hourglass uh, has run out now. It's empty. There's no more time for you. And lastly, I'm going to read and then we're going to, oh, we're going to have our song. Song, we need to fully commit ourselves. Let me read you. I told you that we could go on the website. You could tell me what you want me to know about what you're going to do about your seven days. Let me read you just one of the letters that somebody sent us. I told you you don't need to put your name. I don't want to have your name because I want you to be able to be transparent and honest. It says, seven days to live, the time of my life. To change my life, to make it personal, I will firm up my prayer life and I will make amends for things undone and I have not said. I will get my documents together for my family to relieve the pressures of dealing with my death. I will leave written instructions and write a personal letter to each person in my circle telling them that my love for God showed me how to love them. 
I will urge them to draw close, closer, or get a relationship with Jesus Christ and not be counted among the lost, as it is the most important relationship they will ever have. These things, these are the things I'm going to do with my impending departure. Whoever you were who wrote that, as you wrote it, that was in your heart. God saw it. God heard it. God received it. Make sure you do it now. And we're praying for you and others. Had a couple of others that sent in. Hope I get some more, but I'm going to be reading more as we go. Are you fully committed? Are you fully committed in your life? Do you have a legacy? Do you have a legacy action plan? Do you have a legacy action plan? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all that I hope to be. All that I am. All of my desires and all of my abilities. All my abilities. I'm fully committed. Fully committed. I wonder, is there anybody you fully committed to, your will, to the will of God? Whatever He would ask you to do, you committed to that. I'll make the sacrifice. I'm gonna sacrifice to do. Listen, listen. I'm yours forever, Jesus. Jesus, you're Uh huh. I could never repay. Never repay. Uh huh. I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna live my life. Like the rich food. No, no, no. Uh -uh, uh -uh. Is anybody fully committed to the Lord this morning with your life, with your time? Listen, listen, listen. Every passing minute. This is somebody counting their time. Every passing minute. Every hour of the day. I wonder, I wonder. In every situation. In every situation. Every bit of attention Listen. I pay. Say, I'm, pay, I'm paying attention. I'm fully committed. I'm a committed woman of God. I'm a committed man to of faith. Will, to the will of God. Somebody's got to sacrifice. It don't work if you don't give it up.
Somebody's got to make some decisions. Never. Never. Here it is. Here it is. Here's the chorus. Here it is. This is where it gets real. today for your word every minute every second every hour we need to commit it to you you own 
the time. You own the minutes. You own the seconds and the hours. And I pray, Father, that somebody heard you today. Somebody that has been sabotaging their time. In silence, they've been crashing, making mistakes, not doing what they should do. They've been crashing and sabotaging their testimony. Their lives have not been fully committed. I believe we all saw a little bit of ourselves today in the rich fool and in what James had to say. We have some work to do. And I pray, oh God, that the church here at our church, New Creation Outreach Ministries, and the church, the body of Christ universal, we've got to wake up. We are guilty of watching people sitting back and watching people crash their planes into hell. Some part, somebody might not believe it. It doesn't matter what you believe. I'm praying for us at our church and the church universal that we would get more alert and sensitive to Death is all around us, but we have the answers. We have the words of comfort, the words of salve to help people in time of anxiety and panic and helplessness because they, not, no, they don't have the answers, but we do. But if we're in the boat with the people who don't know you, there's some, that's confusing. And so I pray that we all Examine ourselves through the context of bamboozled into hell. Save somebody today, oh God. Let somebody take the teaching of the rich fool. We might have to go in and share this teaching with somebody in our family. And explain it to them so that they could see, warn them, help them. Do all we can to keep them from crashing their plane into hell, bamboozling somebody that's telling you, I ain't worried about that, I got time. Teach them through the rich fool. Read his obituary to them. And I thank you today for your word. Your word cannot go out and return void. And I pray right now for the souls to be saved. I pray right now that you would heighten our sensitivities to family members and friends. Maybe somebody is a next door neighbor that we have never said anything to. We don't know if we don't know they're saved or not. But if we say nothing and something happens, then we kind of do have to take a little responsibility for that. So give us sensitivity, give us a strength to be just as voracious with the, as the Muslims, as the Mormons, as the Jehovah Witnesses, as the false religions do about telling what they tell as not even the truth. Give us to be fully committed. There may be somebody today, you've been listening from another city, another state. It might be somebody you've been listening, you don't have a church home, or your name is written on the roster of a church here in this town. But the Spirit of the Lord has said, you've been listening to this teaching, you've been listening to us, maybe visiting for a while. And the Spirit of the Lord has said, 
this is where you need to be. This is where I want you to be. This is where you're going to learn. This is where you're going to grow. This is where you're going to come into a, a, the fullness, a full maturity that I want for you by the teaching of the word, uncut. If the Spirit of the Lord has spoke to your heart and you need to make New Creation Outreach Ministries your church home, do us a favor. If you're listening on our line, live chat, type it in the chat. I want to join this church. I want to know more about this church. I want to, I want to talk with the pastor. I want to talk with the counselor. If you're not, go on our website and just go to our prayer link. Go on the website and type in the chat. I want to make New Creation Outreach Ministries my home. I want to learn more. If you need to rededicate your life, you can do that as well. You need to rededicate your life. It's not about joining our church. It's about getting right with God. Tell us and so we can help you get right with God. And maybe it's not about membership. But everybody needs to, needs to have a church home to belong to, to be covered under. That when things go wrong like death, you're not scrambling trying to find a church to have a preacher preach over you, over your son or your daughter, or over you, and nobody even knows you. They don't even know you. And so this is a time of urgency this morning. Make it personal. Last week we saw it. Make it personal. I give my life fully committed to you. God bless you. And I want to say to 